Hi, I'm Larry Gifford, and I have Parkinson's disease. And I'm Rebecca Gifford, Larry's partner in Parkinson's and in life. This is When Life Gives You Parkinson's. The fourth episode of our 2023 series, all about deep brain stimulation, DBS. Larry's DBS surgery is scheduled for October 24th, 2023, and this episode is being recorded about two weeks prior to the surgery. If you haven't caught the first three episodes in our DBS series, we recommend you go back and listen to those. They're really digestible, 20, 30 minutes each. We thought it might be helpful to hear what we were told to expect right before, during, and right after the surgery. And to do this, we are peeling back the curtain today and letting you eavesdrop on Nurse Nancy, a lovely nurse here in British Columbia's DBS clinic, who walked us through a lot of the details. Surgery is done at UBC Hospital. I don't know if you know that or not. Mm -hmm. Dr. Honey told you. And so all our surgeries are done there. And it's great because um, we have a really good team over there that works, you know, with us every every time. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll be admitted the night before surgery or the afternoon before surgery because we're going to need you off your meds again for the the surgery. Excellent. Yeah. (laughs) The nurses will help you get ready. They'll give you the appropriate um, cleaning solutions to shower with and that. They'll start an IV. And then at about 11 o'clock would be your last dose of medication before the surgery. Okay. Okay. Surgery is usually first in the morning? First thing in the morning. So early start, about 6.30 a.m. Either myself or me will come up to see you, see how things are going, make sure everything's ready to go. And about 6.45, the porter will come and we're going to take you down to the MRI department. Okay. Okay. And you're having your pre-op MRI on Friday, which is great. That's a really high-resolution um, MRI that shows us your unique, you know, where all your blood vessels are sitting, your structure, that sort of thing. So that's a really good planning MRI that we do ahead of time. Okay, stop the date. Um, quick aside here. Uh, I, I'm going to pause Nurse Nancy. During the MRI process that she just talked about, uh, recording inside the MRI room was not possible due to the electronic equipment and magnetic machines in there. MRI stands for the Magnetic Resonance Imaging. And the one I had was a 3T scanner. Uh, this technology is really cool. It's faster and more efficient than the standard MRIs, taking only half the time thanks to its extra magnetic strength. Now, even though I couldn't record it, Let me audio paint you a picture of the experience. Imagine lying down on a cold steel table facing up. The nurse and the technician get you ready, giving you earplugs and asking if you're claustrophobic. Even if you say no, they hand you a panic button just in case. Suddenly the table starts moving and you slide headfirst into the machine. The technician's voice comes through a distant speaker saying... Okay, now try not to move for the next 20 minutes.
Uh, so, uh, welcome back to the reality here. Just hilarious that everyone with Parkinson's who hasn't yet gone through DBS surgery <laughs> <laughs> is asked the same thing. And it's just the way the technology works. They have to try, right? But there's there's very little opportunity for, or there's very little chance that you're actually going to not move at all. I guess you would move less if you put a lot of attention on it. Dr. Honey even said to cancel it if I was uh, dyskinetic because it's the map that he uses to 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 get inside my brain. And it's apparently a very detailed map. Oh, yes. He was very excited about it. Very about this excited. Technology. It's like, it's these really beautiful pictures of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's now rejoin Nurse Nancy, Rebecca, and me back at the DBS clinic where we're learning more about the surgery itself. Morning of surgery, you're going to get another MRI. And before you have it, though, we're going to put a frame on your head. And you may have uh, seen pictures of it. Yep. Yeah, so this is the type of frame that we use. It's got four black posts, two in the front, two in the back. And how we get this on your head is we, we where each of these black, black bars are, there's little what we call pins. There's no better word for them. But what we do is we clean the area underneath, we give you some freezing, and then they take the, the pins and they tighten them so that um, the pins anchor just into your skull. They don't go through your skull. They just anchor right into your skull to hold that frame on your head. It won't hurt because we've given you freezing, but you're gonna feel an incredible, incredible squeezing sensation as they tighten the frame on your head, okay? Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but once, that, once it's on, that, that sort of tightness will sort of fade away and it'll feel like you're wearing a hat. Okay. Okay, so once this frame is on, we put another piece on top of it that looks like a hockey helmet and then you go into the MRI. Okay. And what that hockey helmet does is help to locate the structures that we're going after in the brain, which for you is the subthalamic nucleus or the STN, okay? So you, the MRI is about four minutes you come out of the MRI, we take that top piece off, but you're left with this piece for the beginning parts of the surgery, okay? okay? And this frame will, you know, as well as helping us locate the structures, it also helps anchor your head to the operating table so that um, you can move your arms, you can move your legs, you can sneeze, you can cough, your head's not gonna move. So after your MRI, take you up to the pre-op area where you'll meet the anesthetist, the nurses will finish prepping you and getting you ready for surgery. You'll be in there for about an hour while Dr. Honey takes the scans from Surrey Memorial as well as the scan the morning of and he sort of fuses them together, puts one on top of the other, and then he's got, he can plan the trajectory of the surgery, looking at your unique anatomy and where the target is. And uh, when we're ready, we'll come and get you, bring you back to the operating room get you comfortable, positioned. You won't be lying flat on your back. You'll be sort of like with your head slightly elevated okay, and we'll pat around your neck so that mm -hmm. you're as comfortable as you can be. Right. 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 And at that time, there'll be a lot of people coming at you, putting blood pressure cuffs on, you know, heart monitors, getting you ready. It takes, takes them about half an hour to get you all sort of situated. And then during the surgery itself, there's a, it's, it's, it's about four to six hours in length. But a lot of that time, Dr. Honey's doing a lot of the planning. He's doing a lot of, you know, double-checking calculations, you know, making sure that everything is... So there's... 
even though it sounds like a long time, they're not hands-on that whole whole okay. time. There is some waiting in there. Okay. 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 We will put on a nice screen of Hawaii with the live <laughs> feed of the waves going back. <laughs> nice. So you can transport yourself there. And if there's music that you like, we will usually, we, we will find it. Um, in this pamphlet right now, it's being revised. It says... Um, bring in a CD. They don't have a CD right. in the OR anymore. But you just tell us what you like, and we'll put it on so that you've got some music to okay, okay, to help you relax. Nice. Uh, they're going to make. Well, first he's going to shave some hair up here, and um, you're getting both sides done. One electro for each body side, so two electrodes. So he'll shave both sides at the top of your head. Yeah. And I will tell you, he's not the best. I, I was thinking about. <laughs> getting it all up for a while and yeah we we don't recommend shaving it ahead right. of time because if there's any nicks to the skin mm. there's always a risk of infection so we prefer to do it our to do it ourselves and then after okay. the surgery is healed after your stitch then you can go ahead and okay shave the, the whole thing off if you want just try to even everything out okay, <laughs> okay. yeah so put some freezing in the top of your head and then they're going to make two little incisions on the top of your head. Two little sort of C-like incisions. Mm -hmm. One on each side. So mm -hmm. one here and then one on the other side. And then they'll pull the skin back to expose the skull underneath. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the next thing they're going to do is they're going to take a drill and they're going to drill two little holes in your head. Okay. About the size of a dime on each side. The, the good thing is, is that your skull does not have any nerve ending, so it does not hurt. There's no pain associated with it, but it is, you can hear the drill, and it's it's like the dentist drill only on, like, almost on steroids, because <laughs> you can feel it reverberating, yeah. you can hear it, yeah. but it lasts about 30 seconds, and done. Okay. So you have two of those, one on each side, and we'll get you through it. Um, the anesthetist is there, too, and, and one of the nurses will be there, too, so we'll get you through that. However, we need to get yes, through it. We'll like, get you through it. Calm, yeah. and he's given like happy medicine, right? No, like kind of calming medicine. No, nothing. No, nothing. Okay. We and the reason why we do that is because if we give you something to calm you down and make you feel relaxed, okay. your symptoms are likely going to go away. Uh, and, and then when you're to, moving the leads, you need yeah, to be able to. We need to see okay. you symptomatic. Okay. So we will get you through it. Okay. Um, so then, once they've got the two holes drilled, they're going to take a test electrode and they're going to advance it down to the area that we're targeting and once we get it there we will um, be doing some testing looking for you know some benefit and side effect and once we're sure we've got it in the right area we'll actually turn on DBS frequencies and we'll have you maybe do this or you know if there's rigidity there we'll look to see if the rigidity is gone and then we'll also look for side effect as well we'll sort of crank the stimulator up until we get a side effect so we can find a spot that gives us good good range that we'll be able okay. to play with on that electrode when we actually turn it on. Right. Okay. So once we've found that, we take out the chest electrode and we stick in the real one, lock it in place with a little cap on top, and then we move on to the other side and do exactly the same thing. And then once we have those in, we'll stitch them up closed, and then we'll take that frame off your head, give you your Parkinson's medications, and then at that point, we're going to drift you off to sleep with a general anesthetic. Okay. And then that's when you install the battery. Yeah, we're going to put the battery in. Um, takes about 45 minutes to an hour for that portion to be completed. Um, what they'll do is they'll tunnel the ends of the electrode to a spot behind your ear. They have an extension that they'll tunnel from behind your ear down to your chest. 
and then they'll make a little incision for the battery. So you'll have four incisions, two on top, one behind your ear, and then one on your chest. Okay. So when they change the battery out, which I know happens about every five years, it's just another little yeah. incision right there. It's super simple. Exactly. Yeah. Same over the same incision usually, yeah. and then they just take the old one out, unplug it, plug a new one in, tuck it back in, so it closed, and yeah. then we turn it on. Okay. It's 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 a, a, an easy day procedure. Right. And how do you know when the battery needs change? It we the um, the remote will tell you, and we also we're seeing you every year so at some point we may say oh we want you to start monitoring your battery more for, like check it every month or yeah. check it you know so that you will see the symbol come up on the remote okay. to tell you the other way you'll know which is un not a good way is that for therapy will stop and you'll be very symptomatic <laughs> so you want to catch it before it gets to yeah. that point so yeah we will tell you to start checking your battery or we'll say uh we'd like to see you in three months you know to see where the battery is okay. sitting and then um, as the technology changes mm -hmm. over time, yeah. um, do you ever change these leads or, or not the leads, these, but the, the this to the battery, the battery or anything? Yeah, we, we have the latest, which are the latest electrodes, which are what we call directional leads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could turn the stimulation away from side effect, I guess is how okay. I would say it. Um, but most of the technology is contained in the battery. Yeah. So yeah, we whenever there's a new upgrade in mm -hmm. in uh, technology, we get we get it, and that's what we would implant. And you're able to do yep. that pretty easily because it's right there. Right? Yeah, have yep. to go back into the brain. Yeah, we, do, we these we leave alone as long as we they're working. As long as they're right. working, we don't touch them. Yeah, okay. and these little caps lock them in there, and eventually, with time, some bone will grow over top. So they're 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 in there very securely, and mm -hmm. they don't move easily unless you know you had a really heavy blow to the head. Yeah. But even right. then, it's. Right. A lot of times they don't move, so, right. yeah. Is there any risk over time with YRPD? He could be around for 20 plus mm -hmm. years. Yeah. Yeah. So have you seen the technology kind of be able to be absorbed into yes. the body and compatible with the body over that length yes. of time? Yeah. Okay. We have patients that have been implanted since the early 2000s that yeah. are still doing well. Good. Okay. Yeah, at some point we may not be able to adjust the stimulator anymore because of side effect. You might not be able to tolerate side effect that you get. Like we might be cause of muscle pull or contracture or vision changes or maybe even speech changes. So we can't go yeah. any higher. Mm -hmm. But what at that point we would leave the stimulator at that level mm -hmm. and then have Dr. Squires layer in more medicine. Because we know that in people that have had Parkinson's for a long time that have DBS and have had DBS for a long time, when you turn off that battery, mm -hmm. they're extremely symptomatic. Yeah. So it's doing something, it's just not doing as much as it did at right. that early point when we could, right. we had lots of range to, to crank you up. Right, yeah. got it, yeah. okay. Yeah. And how long is the recovery? Oh, it's, well, if everything's well and you're feeling well, you can go home the day after surgery. Yeah, we'll have a CT scan ordered in the morning just to check everything. And if if you're not having a lot of pain um, and feeling well, we would rather you go home than stay in the hospital. Mm -hmm. There's always more risk of contracting infections and mm -hmm. other, and you don't mm -hmm. sleep well in the hospital either. Mm -hmm. um, so we prefer you to go home. Yeah. But we would not kick you out if you weren't feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, generally one night. Uh, we'll come up the next morning, either myself, Minnie, or our fellow, come up and give you your discharge instructions and your your appointment to come back to the clinic where we turn on the stimulator. Right. It's okay. left off for six weeks. Six weeks. To allow your brain time to heal. Oh, I yeah. see. For, so healing yeah. time, make sure that there's no infection and all yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. It's not a very painful surgery. Um, 
you know, it's not like if it was an abdominal surgery where you're cutting mm -hmm. muscle and that, they're, they're fairly painful, but this, this is underneath the skin. It's probably the most painful part of the procedure. Um, these up here don't tend to hurt a lot, and mm -hmm. most people, if anything, have a little bit of headache, but not right. a horrible headache. Um, so usually Tylenol is what most people go home on. They don't find that they need much more. Good. Okay. So it's, and then we'd say for about four to six weeks, we don't want you using the, the armor on the same side as the battery. We don't want you to do a lot of pulling and pushing and lifting, lifting them. that sort of thing until this is healed about four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Driving, you know, um, you're not on any narcotics or anything like that. So we usually say, you know, we don't want you driving in the first week or so, but if you're feeling good and everything is well, then you could probably start to drive mm -hmm. fairly soon afterwards. Okay. But just sort of take it easy over that four to six weeks. You know, don't start any um, big tasks or projects or stuff like that. Just allow your brain time to heal before right. we turn it on. Okay. Parkinson's disease as well, even though you're healthy, sometimes it causes your body to take a bit of a hit with surgery and stuff like that too. So mm -hmm. it's really hard to tell. You know, some people, no problem. They, they, next day they're fine. Some people feel a little um, cognitively slowed or, you know, their body is just really fatigued mm -hmm. after surgery as it's recovering. So it's, I think mm -hmm. it's, you're just going to have to okay. see how your body reacts okay. to the surgery. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yep. So we will bring you in at six weeks to turn on the stimulator. It's about a four-hour appointment where we test each point on the electrode for benefit and side effect. And then we'll put you on a program, give you your medication, and see how the stimulation works with uh, with the stimulator. Awesome. And then we'll generally make some cut to your medication. That would be lovely. Or, you know, we might even be able to space it out a little bit further. The thing about cutting the medications is some people, and I know you said, like, you get that sort of cognitively feel a little slowed. So you're going to need some, probably some dopamine to maintain that. So, yeah. you know, cutting out the medication totally is I don't, not I don't a anticipate thing. that. Yeah, yeah. And most people that I know that have done that have ended up having to come back on it yeah. really quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it may not, you may be able to move fine, but it's going to be your brain saying, I'm not feeling great here. Yeah. I'm, 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 you're, I'm missing that dopamine. So okay. we, we, we try to do it slowly so we don't take too much away, but we also... You know, if we leave you too much, then you're going to be moving around like crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's that's a lot to take in, so I actually recommend people ask if they can record it on their phone so they can go back and listen to it later because it was helpful for me to hear it again uh, and also take a take somebody with you. Like it was great you were there so you could hear it too so we could digest it. But more than, more than anything, I just really appreciated the, the forthrightness, the honesty, the, this is going to hurt a little bit. This is going to feel a lot of pressure. This is, we're going to, you know, peel back your skin and drill your skull. And like, it, it's, it's, uh, even though it's kind of gross and gruesome, I, I want to know what I'm getting myself into. I found it similarly comforting. I'm not the one who will be living these details, but I did find more information to be calming. It helps me anticipate what you may be experiencing and what you'll describe afterwards, but I also find more information is better in the way that I process it 
because then I can get comfortable with some of those details and imagine it for myself and have a better idea of what you may be experiencing and what you may be may find um, anxiety pr- producing um, so that I can support you afterwards. But also it's just comforting to me to have more information rather than less. But maybe that's just how we process things. Yeah. Uh, and like, but there was things that I didn't know. Like the, I, 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 I guess I, I knew there was going to be like a cage attached to my head, but I hadn't really heard the details of that. That's like, oh, that's going to hurt. <laughs> and then it triggered a, a nightmare where I, you know, I, I, I was dreaming about them attaching the cage to my head. And the guy got distracted, but he kept turning the screws. And, and then before he looked back, my head popped like a zit. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain just went squirting out. Yeah. Nice. It was, well, it was pleasant. You know, we all process things in our own way. <laughs> One thing I've realized during this Parkinson's journey is that there is the learned experience and then there's the lived experience, the clinical and the personal. So I've reached out to some friends of mine, of ours, who have had the DBS surgery uh, and asked them what advice they would give or what they wish they would have known then that they know now. Uh, And so we're going to start with uh, Ben Stetcher who lives in Toronto, and there's a few others after that. Take a listen. Hey, Larry. Um, So there's a few things that I think that are very important to know prior to getting DBS. The first one, I think, is something that you probably already know, but you need a very good surgeon, somebody with a lot of experience getting that lead in the right place. The second thing is that you need a very good neurologist, but you need somebody, a programming neurologist, sorry. You need somebody who really understands you and who understands your moods and who knows your personality because your personality and those moods will change as you go through the programming sessions. This is something that I did not properly appreciate beforehand, but those programming sessions can be tough and you often leave thinking that you're not properly simulated. But you have to remember that it takes time for your brain to adjust to each one and you need somebody who knows you well enough to know when they've tweaked you up too high or too low. Because the parameters on this device are pretty extreme and knowing who to trust when, something that's a very difficult thing to do. And then the final third thing that you really need is you must have a good home environment to come to. And you need people who are patient. There'll be times when you're frustrated and there'll be times when you're not feeling like yourself. You might come home a bit manic for certain sessions. So you need people who are willing to accept all those kind of flaws that you'll go through. And know that you might go through some pretty radical changes as you go through those programming sessions. So that's my 90 seconds of advice for anyone who's getting DBS. Hey, Larry. It's Jim McNasby calling from New York City. Good luck with your DBS on October 24th. Three pieces of advice to share with you. First, be patient. Shortly after the surgery, it was hard for me because I was still on medication and the system was not turned on yet. In my case, they let the system rest for three weeks before powering me up. So be as zen as you can about the waiting period between the completion of the surgery and the powering up. For me, it was worth the wait. Second, be optimistic. Don't be discouraged if when the system gets powered up, the effects are not immediate or if other side effects occur. 
Like all things Parkinson, every case is different, and the appliance has many, many settings, so it might be a while before they get the programming right. Finally, be strong. The bandages that they put around my head for the first 24 hours after the surgery and the crown that they use to install uh, the implantation of the electrodes are not easy. No getting around those, but those are very short-term. I just didn't focus on them beforehand, and I wish that I would have. So good luck. You're ready, and you'll do great. I'll check in with you later. Thanks. Hi, guys. My name is Matt Eagles. I'm calling from the UK. I guess my main piece of advice would be give yourself and your loved ones, and more, most importantly, your brain, time to get over the, the trauma, I guess, of brain surgery. The, the, real, the real temptation is to jump into things immediately, but just take things easy. Take life easy. And then you'll really get the benefits of DBS. Best of luck to you, Larry. I really have everything crossed through that it is a massive success. Hi, Larry. It's Becca Miller calling you from New Haven, Connecticut. I wanted to call you before your DBS surgery and say that, first of all, remember, it's not rocket science. But truly, as scary as this process is, you know in your heart you're making the best decision for you and your family. Give yourself time to heal after the surgery and remember not to make any big decisions right after. And know that we're all rooting for you, sending you much love. DBS, what do you need to know? Worry, be scared, be terrified because it's big stuff, it's serious stuff. It'll be okay, more than likely. Um, but be scared. It's a good, it's a good thing. One of the things that you really should take care of is um, just get turning and all your 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 legal paperwork drawn up in case you were expire in the OR, will, trust, whatever, all that stuff. Power attorney, is stuff in place for your family to take care of you when you can't, or something else goes horribly wrong. It's just peace of mind. It's horribly go through, especially for younger guys and girls. But you gotta do it. As they're prepping for surgery, they, they start to put a halo on your head. And um, it hurts. And so in through your skin, these screws go. And in your skull, skull they go. And uh, that hurts. It hurts a lot. There's, there's no, there's not about this. this is the worst thing about the whole ordeal. So here's one thing I did. I had hundreds of people rooting for me, praying for me, wishing for me, well wishing me, hoping everything I had to do. And I figured... Um, there's so many people were on my side. There's no way God could take me during that surgery, so I think I have the same thing against the Lord, but um, I think we're going to well for me. Uh, it's great, great to get advice and to, to hear from a wide variety of people. And, you know, really more than anything, they're just like, be patient. You're going to be frustrated at times when, when you come out of the tweaking, when they're dialing you in, and you're going to be like, I don't think it's working. And it just takes the time, and you got to be patient. And I think the anticipation of, of the surgery is so big that then there's another six weeks of recovery, and then they turn it on, and then another six weeks of fine-tuning. It's like there's all these milestones that you have to wait on. And so 
that the surgery like you, is what you've been waiting on. And so it's, there can be some disappointment in there. And so knowing that is helpful. That eventually they get to that sweet spot. Right. That is the best that it can do for you. And then you will feel it. Oh, we'll feel it. <laughs> oh, yeah. In our next episode, uh, just us, uh, Rebecca and me, talking and not talking. We could not talk or talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's from our favorite movie. Best in show reference. Through a wide variety of uh, feelings, trepidation, anticipation, apprehension, gratitude. If you remember the series of episodes called The Talk from a few years ago, which featured us just talking about everything PD... This is the talk episode of The DBS Journey. In the meantime, if you have questions about our DBS journey that we can share with our listeners, please click the link in the show notes to record a message for us or email parkinsonspod at curiouscast.ca. When Life Gives You Parkinson's is a Curious Cast production. Our presenting partner is Parkinson Canada, where people with Parkinson's are at the center of everything they do. Parkinson Canada funds critical research, provides information and support, raises awareness, and advocates for improved healthcare outcomes for people with Parkinson's across Canada. Learn more at parkinson.ca. PD Avengers, a global coalition of people living with Parkinson's, their partners and supporters, all working together to put an end to Parkinson's disease. Be sure to check out the most recent Parkinson's news, upcoming events, and free exercise and wellness portal, offering thousands of hours of free, live and on-demand classes at pdavengers.com. And we truly appreciate it if you would share this podcast with someone in your life. Personal recommendations are the most effective way to grow our audience and raise awareness of Parkinson's disease. Keep positive. Keep exercising. Keep listening. We'll talk to you next time. He needs an operation. Is it water on the knee? Operation! It's a whole pocket! Operation! I'm Charlie Horse, it's true! Operation! I'm the doctor for you! Remove the pieces and collect your fee! But don't touch the sides! Take out the ribs carefully! Operation! Collect a thousand dollar fee! Operation! This broken heart won't do! Operation! I'm the doctor for you! How's it look? Good to me! Operation!